0: Good morning. It's good to see you all today. Today we're going to begin a four-part sermon series about being drawn to Jesus. And um, over these next few weeks, we're going to look at some different passages from the Gospel of Luke. Jim gave us our first taste of that already this morning. And as we talk about this and think about this together, um, my hope is that we won't only be reminded for our own lives about what has drawn us to Jesus and continues to draw us to Jesus, but we'll also um, think a little bit or maybe think a lot about the people that aren't with us today, people who are outside the church, the people that we rub shoulders with or pass on the sidewalk or, or see at the coffee shop who um, maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus and what it is about these stories, what it is about Jesus that might attract them. Some things that we may be able to take and and just in our simple conversations be able to share with them so that they also may be drawn to Jesus. Um, so today we'll we'll continue looking at, at Luke 15 as, as Jim has started us with this morning and uh, as Jim read about uh, two stories that most of us are familiar with, a story about a wandering sheep and a story about a misplaced coin. And we're going to pick up where Jim stopped and, and continue reading through Luke 15 on, a, 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 again, a story that may be the most famous of the three, the story of the lost son or the prodigal son. So Luke 15, starting at verse 11. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pots that the pigs were eating and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And just as a side note, it would have been wonderful if Jesus would have stopped the story right there. That would have seemed to be fitting but jesus goes on now his elder son was in the field and when he came and approached the house he heard music and dancing he called one of the slaves and asked what was going on he replied your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound then he became angry and refused to go in his father came out and began to plead with him but the son answered his father listen For all these years, I've been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice. Because this brother, brother of yours was dead and has come to life, he was lost and has been found. There's so much to unpack. Um, I probably have bitten off more than what's possible with you this morning with all of these verses from Luke 15. Um, but I want to start with, with kind of what's obvious today. And i want to ask for your participation here. Um, some of you have might have yearned for a chance over the years to shout at the preacher preaching. And this is your chance this morning to, to kind of speak up a little bit. In these three stories, there's obviously some, some similarities from all three. There's some things that are consistent from, from the sheep to the coin to the lost son. So I'm just gonna ask you, and if those of you that are online, you can type it into the chat box, what is something that jumps out to you, that stands out to you, that is similar in all three of these stories? What's one thing that's similar? Lost, okay? Three things are lost, and I'd we'll add to that a little bit. There are things that are valuable, things that are wanting to be found, wanting to be restored. So three things are lost, very good, good start. What else, what else is similar in all three stories? Rejoicing, that's right. At the end of every story, there is a celebration when what is lost is now found. And those are are so important, so key. And of course, Jesus is painting the picture for us here of our Heavenly Father and, and what God desires for each one of us and everyone that's not in this room or not watching online this morning. Every person that walks this earth God desires for them to be restored. God desires for them to be found. Uh, former pastor of Willow Creek Community Church, Bill Hybels, he, he said it this way about this passage, that we never lock eyes or we never look someone in the eyes who doesn't matter to God. to, to turn that around just a little bit. We never see someone, whether that's face-to-face, whether that's in a crowd of people, um whether that's online, where we're all anonymous, for those of you that are in social media and those kind of things, we never interact with another person who isn't valued by God, just as is pointed out in these stories. So there's obviously some, some similarities in all of these stories, but um, there's also some differences, especially when we get to the third story, um, It seems like as Jesus is telling these stories, they they start out, the first two are, I I can see the crowd around listening to Jesus just kind of nodding their head in agreements. Yeah, a shepherd loses or an owner loses one of 99 sheep, shepherd goes out and gets it, everybody celebrates when when the sheep is returned. That makes sense. The the woman loses 10% of her wealth. Yeah, by golly, she's going to turn up every you know nook and cranny in her house until she finds that and they're they're celebrating but when Jesus gets to this third story there are some things that I I just kind of imagine people kind of crooking their necks and squinting their eyes at Jesus because the third story doesn't line up necessarily um, to the people that were listening then first off we have a, a young son who says dad you're not dead yet but go ahead and give me my inheritance I want it now. That, that wasn't proper. That didn't happen. Then just the simple fact that that young son left the family. He took off. In our culture, in our, our day and time, we don't think a second thought about that. When our, our kids get a certain age, we kick them out of the house if they don't leave out on their own. We expect them to move across the country or move across the world to pursue their life, their career. But that how, that's not how it was in Jesus' day. You didn't just leave your family. You didn't, it, it was not as individualistic. Everyone was known as a family unit. So the fact that this young son just turned his back on his family and, and walked away um, got, got the crowd's attention in the story. It's like, whoa, what is going on here? And then finally, unlike the first two stories where the, the shepherd went and got the sheep, where the woman in the house searched everywhere to find this coin, what did the father in the third story do? He just waited. He didn't go pursue his son, which again was out of character for what would have probably would have happened. That father would have been responsible for the dishonor that his son was bringing on the family. So the father would have done something about it, most likely. But in this story, the father... Just waits. So there there are a few things here about being drawn to Jesus um, that that I just want us to think about. And again, think not only for our own relationships with Jesus, but but for those in the world around us. Um, First and foremost is is the, the truth about how valuable each and every one of us are in God's sight. And I, I'm struggling to, to drive this home or, or to make this point because I know, I, as I look around the sanctuary, um, many of us don't, don't struggle with that, I'm going to assume. Many of us feel, feel loved. Many of us know that God accepts us. But there is a whole world of people out there that don't get that. They haven't experienced that. They haven't been blessed by that like you and I have. A couple of weeks ago, for, for my for work, I went, uh, and Carolyn went with me, to a, a presentation that was focused on mental health in Columbia. And um, this wasn't faith-based at all. It was, it was just um, an organization that was trying to help people um, deal with their mental health, and that's something we've talked more and more about the last few years. Um, and there was a young woman. She was a recent college graduate. Who, who got up in front of everyone, and he, she shared just a little bit of her story. And she talked about how, is, I think she was still in college at this time. She, in, to sum it up, she felt worthless. She felt like she had no value, that no one cared, that, that there was just no point. And, and she said she got to the point where she was done. It wasn't, it wasn't worth it anymore. Nobody cared. Life wasn't worth it, so, she, so she, she tried to end it. Thankfully, she wasn't successful. She ended up in a hospital and was recovering. And she talked about the thing that changed everything for her. She talked about a friend that she knew, but you know, kind of not the not her best friend, if you will, but, but a friend who showed up at the hospital. And, and what he said helped her to see that she was valued. That she was loved she was cared for up until this point in her life she she had missed that or hadn't heard that but this friend said never do that again because if you're not in this world I can't live in this world I can't go on without you do not take your life you're loved you're valued you're important and that was a turning point for this young woman and for some of us that that's hard for us to imagine but for those of you that have children or grandchildren or or who relate to younger people you know how prevalent that is today unfortunately how many people don't feel like they're worth much or that they're good enough and as we think about what draws us to Jesus about the fact that Jesus values us so highly that is such an important message for us to take and share with others whether it's the person at the coffee shop, the person uh, in the desk next to you, the stranger that God puts in front of you this coming week, the fact to take a moment and to speak into your life, you are so valued. I know you're going through a rough spot right now, but I want you to know that God loves you so deeply. God is willing to do anything for you, and God has done everything for you through Jesus. And sometimes it takes us being brave enough to speak up and to offer that for somebody to be able to hear it. So first and foremost, we are all valuable in God's sight, and that's what draws us to Jesus. But the other point that that I want to emphasize is in this third story we looked at this morning, the story of the lost son. Did, do you, did you notice that the turning point for that young man? He had went and done his thing. He had chased what he thought would bring him happiness, like, like we all do to different degrees. This piece of cake is going to bring me happiness. Buying this new thing is going to bring me happiness. Fill in the blank with whatever it is. We all have that. But this, this young man had gone to the extreme. And then... Verse 17, when he came to himself. Some versions say when he came to his senses. But the most literal translation is when he came to himself. Kind of the, this this idea that he was out of place physically. He wasn't where he belonged. But he was also definitely out of place spiritually. He wasn't who he was intended to be. He was off track. He was off base. He was living just focused on himself but when he hit that realization when he came to himself he made the hard choice to do what the one thing he knew to do there is a father that loves me and it, it, if you've ever been in a situation where you have to humble yourself and kind of crawl back on your knees or have to say sorry um, just just the the vulnerability that that takes, the difficulty, the hard work that that takes, it's not an easy thing. But, but this young man in the story came to that decision. And, and that's the other piece for us is as is, is we talk, as we live our faith in the world and share with other people and give them an opportunity to be drawn to Jesus themselves is, is helping them to understand you have the ability in your own life, just like this man in this story, to make the choices, to make the hard choices to come back. The hard choice to be where God wants you to be. The hard choice to be restored in a relationship with God that loves you more than anything. I'd rather not talk about the older son, or the older brother, the, the second brother in this story. Um, I think it's so interesting jesus tells the the first two stories and there's no judgmental brother or judgmental bystander setting here but but in this third story gosh that's so convicting for me i am so glad in our life in our faith journeys that we get to walk straight to the father who sees us coming from a long way off like in this story because God wants us back. God yearns for us to come to him. I'm glad that we encounter God first instead of the brother standing there, arms crossed. You don't belong here. Turn around and leave. You don't deserve to come back. And how easy that is for those of us that have been a part of church for a while. For those of us that, that interact with folks who have made it, just kind of shake our heads at don't understand why did you do that and that's that's not the part that's that's not for us to worry about coming back to the celebration that's for us to worry about someone who is lost is now found someone who is distant from god is now with god someone who was on a journey to destruction, a journey of feeling like they had no value, no worth, no purpose, they're now reconnected with God. And whatever their situation is, instead of crossing my arms and looking down my nose and feeling superior to them, I think Jesus put this in the story to remind me, don't be like that brother. Don't be like that guy who pushes people away from God instead of brings people to God. So drawn to Jesus, there are so many things in these three stories that are so powerful and so important. First and foremost, every person that we see and encounter is valuable to God, and God yearns to know them. And then ultimately, as God works through this, they have the choice, they have the opportunity, no matter what they've done, no matter what choices they've made, to turn back and come to God and have the relationship with them that God wants. With that in mind, please join me as we pray. God, we're so thankful for these stories. We're thankful that even though In this life, sometimes it's hard to feel like we are worth much. It's hard to feel valuable. You love us unconditionally, no matter what, more than we can ever imagine. And Lord, help all of us listening this morning, help us to to sense that from you and help us to carry that to those that we encounter today and tomorrow and the next day. Help them to know that they are loved by you and that they have the opportunity to turn to you and to be known by you and to experience all that you have for them in life. Lord, thank you for being with us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.